would speak to your people that a word from heaven would explode in our hearts, oh God. That this would not be a religious act or religious gathering, but we would encounter the living God. That God was able to do beyond anything you can imagine, think, or even ask of us. That this what every man, every woman, every child here today with a divine purpose, oh God. A Holy Ghost set up today, oh God. You speak to every father, oh God. Bring courage, every mind, oh God. I plead the blood of Jesus right now. Move by your spirit, my God. Hide your servant behind the cross. Move, oh God. Move in a very powerful way, oh God. We give you liberty, spirit of the living God. Do what you want this morning. Perform a surgery in our hearts. Conform us, oh God. Mold us. Shape us, my King. So as you know, I'm the name of the born name, Jesus the Christ, every man and woman said, Amen and Amen. Give a little clap on me, maybe seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. That my parents would be there when I needed them. I have a limited amount of time and I have a lot to say. I'm going to be speaking to you. Um, I was out of Matthew, uh, I the portion of scripture like where Peter walks on water. I want to get right to a couple of things my teachers. I didn't um, before I get into it. Drugs, and but Peter does something that's not supposed to be done. Peter walks on water. It's extraordinary. It's miraculous. God invites him to come and take a walk. Peter, trust. I'm going to talk about times, all that. Um, but I'm going to talk to you about water walkers today. A joke and a way to make people laugh. Were willing and I remember crying, thinking that I didn't want to wake up to have to do this zone. all over again. A spiritual um, comfort zone I left, lost my self-worth and had fallen into a depression. But however, most comfortable. for some reason, that I never gave maybe, into temptation. You got no problem talking about Jesus or religion or the Bible with people who believe in Jesus or are part of a church or believe in the Bible, but you chose to death. To talk about Jesus right. at your job or, or um, amongst and other I never people. Was really sure uh, why, you have no problem maybe anything. talking about your um, past. And I'm sure my parents had a lot to do with it. Let's give them some know, credit. Um, they did instill values in me. But the strength I had to hold on during those times now was amazing. And so, so um, I always knew that I was different, but I never understood how or why. And it, it Even throughout high school, I was called names is, uh, like Goody Two-Shoes, and it was all because I just is, is above ground. warned people about consequences right, and made funny, suggestions about better ways maybe to live. And um, right. some so, of these same I people share with you, uh, about who water were not so nice are my close friends but, uh, today. I, do that, I, 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 I know Pastor didn't um, but... Uh, he just During my early twenties, right? I verbally accepted that, that Jesus, but I, I didn't surrender my heart completely right. until a few years a later. I don't what, believe I understood what surrendering meant, but I discovered that in the process in the Bible, of transitioning and changing, I now know well, that all through my young years, God was with me. He had his hand on my life, and he wouldn't let go no matter what. One. Through my actions and words, God was working. He used my life to reach others. Now that I have a relationship with the Lord, I reach out and help people intentionally in order to obey and honor Jesus. Since the day I completely accepted Jesus as my Savior, clarity and peace has come over me. And what a joyful moment it was when everything that I hated about myself became what I loved the most. Maybe doubt it. 
Maybe, maybe we're overly concerned. Maybe like, uh, like I am honored the, to be the uh, disciples servant. in Acts chapter 21, they were, they, they were almost trying to hinder and what God had called God's Paul love to do. And follow his word. Right? Because well. good believing so Christians, guys that love they were almost, they were in the My perception of life has changed and I no longer find go. valuable worth in what other people Paul think of me. I'm happy and so and I want him to with my small circle of friends. Because, because they love me and accept me just as I am. I no longer seek approval from those who dislike God my ways or my choices. I no longer need to prove my power. point or be viewed Doing as right Doing something in the power of God that I you would never be able to accomplish, talk about, you wouldn't even consider unless God's power is in your life. I became, um, I began coming to our house about four years ago. Um, coming to this church was a struggle for me. I was raised Catholic and I was determined to stay within my comfort zone at the Catholic church. And a dear friend and my sister Sophie asked me to accompany her because she herself was a new attendee. I agreed to join her, but every Sunday I came kicking and screaming. On it the inside. Since then, Sophie's moved to Florida, but I have remained here at Arhau, and I and, no longer uh, attend the Catholic Church. And I'm so grateful that Sophie days. introduced me to and, all of you um, here at so Arhau because I found a home. And, and I it is here that I continue wanna, to grow and continue to seek the Lord in all the areas of my life. Arhau is now the church where my fiancé, Louis, and I are learning to grow as a couple and love each other the way God intended us to. So, I praise Jesus for I am free to live, to love and laugh I even when I'm in a storm that, um, I know Jesus is my light sometimes there's and we're blessed today to have Kathleen's fiance Louis Benitez please come up good morning everybody Thank and you for being here with me and Kathleen who I've and had the privilege to disciple. I hope you can hear me. Um, um, but uh, the, before coming the to Christ, I, I began, lived with a, a void in my life. I can't remember exactly, but I know I know, my parents, I know when it ended. Today, I really um, didn't have much family um, that's around. It ended me. on the 40th day. I tried day to fill that void by making friends with my beloved course, friends and family around me. Um, I, I spent many late nights at parties, and nightclubs, many of you know drinking, participating in immoral Let me tell you what I've gained. Just to fit in. I've just to, to be with friends or try to build that family. No one is for I changed for the worse. When everyone in front of all those that really don't care for me. I didn't like I what I'd become. Confidence in Jesus, Short-tempered, irritable, no patient, arrogant. That I cannot do without I noticed me. I was on the wrong path. In the very first few days was of the fast, never be filled. as you can imagine, I said, I was introduced this to God's words by my I am not fiance, doing this. future wife. I am not. And, um, I'm killing myself. She helped me notice God's presence and His love for all of us. And God spoke to me. also taught me what a family should be. It wasn't an audible voice or anything like that. Being there for those in need, loving you as you are. Said Edwin. Caring for your well-being. Asking simple questions that mean so much. I did it through. How are you? Good morning. Now enjoy the process. Knowing that God provided me the ultimate, all of us, the ultimate sacrifice for my sins, for all of us. He still loves me for me. Truly, that opened my eyes and my heart. that He'll help you to enjoy the process. Accepting God in my life has changed me greatly. No more arrogance, patience, or you're picking up a Bible. 
or nobody's perfect, but um, we'll get there. That's but more importantly, my void is finally being nice. filled. I thank you and all so, my Ohio family. Um, I want to say this God. before I go. Thank you. Um, he, he, uh, I remember I went to the doctor and he goes, he's taking my pulse and it's such a weak pulse because I'm a runner already. And finally, I'd like and to ask so Gail Mangal to pulse, come forward. And Pastor Raymond was there in the doctor's office because he didn't believe that I would go. And um, to get a checkup on day 20. That's exactly why he showed up. Um, and uh, uh, on, on day 20, uh, 21, he checked my pulse and he goes, okay, I can't find the pulse. Uh, you hi, good morning, are not everyone. alive. Um, my name, as you heard, is Gail Mangle. And inside and our my testimony goes as this. My because mother and my father raised me in church. Among a world and I had always known there was a God. We're called to be people who are not alive, but who by Christ. faith are alive in Christ. But I was too proud and selfish and to I'm turn to Him. After a failed so, marriage, um, I blamed yeah. myself for a lot of things. And so, one of them was the if hardest that seems thing I overwhelming, ever especially if this is your first time, it goes, wow, that's crazy if I ever become a Christian. I also that's blame not, God. I've, I, I've never I was met angry it. I don't know at anyone him who's done because a 40 of my fast. situation. I mean, I've heard of, I but I don't know anyone if there who's is done a God. Why so it might not be what God calls you to do. My point is, whatever I it is that God into calls deep you to depression, do, be obedient. Started drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes and looking for love. Love in relationships with men who are Whenever you step out of the boat and in you every walk in kind faith, of way, many times I try to commit suicide. There's a price to be paid. My mother prayed so much for me. There's a price to be paid. And if it wasn't so, for her, for Jesus, I don't think I would still be endeavor. here. Sometimes but once again, I tried and God showed me that He cared. Spending time in the hospital, and do it I realized. I started my to wife. think, when someone told me I was people. being selfish, she had to, I still did not to turn to Sundays. Jesus Christ. She had to I was too proud. Then after my dad's passing on January 22, 2012, she I realized once me. again that someone I loved I, you watched had me deserted me and I had no she one to exactly turn to. I still did not go so to church or talk to Jesus Christ about how I was feeling. And I then was, after a I didn't couple do this of months, perfectly. No when by, I when met my age, you know why? We started talking about God and what He had done for her. More. It was March 29th my wife of this year, and, brothers and it was Good Friday, and I told her that I was going to go to fast. church. She said, and she encouraged me to go. So I told her that I was. Two days. I always pass by row. And I always said to myself, one day I will go to this church. And that day came on March 29th. So I walked into Rome with all of my brokenness and sin, hoping to find out what was missing in my life. God pointed me in the right direction. You will do it. After listening to Pastor Gus's sermon, I was convinced that Jesus Christ that He is risen and He loves me no matter what my past. I don't know how encouraging and so faithful the elders were. We, we didn't we didn't leave the church, amen. Praise the Lord. We can go back to the scripture, praise the Lord. And He prayed for me. 
We're in the book of Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read verses 22 to 33. In this church, even though we dress down and we're cool and we're casual, we have a tradition we want to stand when we read God's word. If you would stand with us, if you can, that would be great. Um, It's God's word. It's uh, the living word. in the power in it. We want to have reverence for it. So I'm going to read it to you. Amen. The word of God reads as such. Matthew 14 verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to, to the other side, no matter what, while he dismissed the crowd. Be, After he I had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. pray. Later that day, night, he was I there alone. Going to be a long and, and, on the, and the boat and was already a considerable distance but from now land. I have Jesus Buffeted on my by side. the waves because the wind and was I against know it. I can make it one Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to walking on the lake. And the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a goat, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell him to come, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Amen. All righty. Okay. A couple of things I want to say real quick. And... It's 9.45? Yeah, all right, praise the Lord. Come here, I want to say real quick. I, want, I can't see. I need glasses. Amen? I need glasses. Not yet, Pastor Gus. All right. So, come here, I want to say real quick. Who sent them in the boat? Jesus. Jesus sent them in the boat. Okay? That's a good point to know. Jesus sent them in the boat. Uh, Pastor, I talked about doing his No Doubt series. This, this, this little myth. There's this little uh, uh, Christaholic perspective, right? That when you surrender to God or you obey God or you do God's will, that everything's supposed to be wonderful from that day forward, right? Pastor Edwin talked about the bumper sticker that lies to many people, especially people who are called of God, all right? Um, the bumper sticker says the safest place to be is in the center of God's will, right? I don't know if it's the safest place. It's definitely the best place to be. Right? But it's not by far the safest place to be. In fact, as we're learning in the story, it's better to be in the storm, right? In God's will, on the water, not knowing what's going to happen, than on dry land safe out of God's will. Right? Pretty. Okay, so when, when you obey God, and this is for new Christians, more mature Christians, if you're called by God, when you obey God, there's this couple of things. When you grow in Christ, you reach new levels, you've got to fight new devils. All right? New levels, new devils. Uh, the closer you get to God, the bigger the bullseyes on your back. Okay? Uh, the more you feel God calling, the more you feel God speaking to you, the more He empowers you, the more you know Him, the more the devil is going to try to get you off the Christian radar. He wants to make you from a saint to an ain't. All right? So, so, but you gotta, so you, it's important to understand these things, that, you, that when you're obeying God, that 
Jesus, your next step of obedience might not be into a luxury, faith-filled, prosperity, gospel, millionaire, name it, claim it, step. Your next step in obedience might be in, in a step into the biggest storm you've ever faced in your walk with God. And it's important that you get to, it's important that you know the facts up front, that, that God has called us to grow, and, and that's why he sent them into the storm, right? The whole story, you know, at the end, why did you doubt, right? Where's your little faith over here? And so what happens is Jesus sends them in the storm, he sends them in the boat to go to the other side, and I was preparing this much, I was thinking, you might, there's people here that you might be on one side of a struggle. Come on, somebody. You might be on one side of a situation. You might be on the side where you're crying and it's painful and it's uncertainty. You might be on the side of a place in your life financially. Your children might be wayward. They might be struggling. You might be on one side of your life where it's not comfortable. There's no certainty. You don't know what's happening. It's painful. You're crying. You might be suffering in silence. But maybe today is your day where Jesus will call you to go to the other side, to the water walker side. To decide where he's on, decide that he'll walk. Are you with me? So, so they, they, he sent them to the other side, and I couldn't help. I wanted to. I told Louisa yesterday, this thing is bothering me. All right. If, if you put up verse twenty-two on the screen, this is it. Just bothered me. Um, I'm afraid that I'll speak. Uh, I'll spiritualize the scripture, but I, you, you make check it out. It says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples go to the boat and go ahead of them on the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. Right? It says, he, it says he sent the disciples and he dismissed the crowd. I'm not making this up. I'm trying to wrestle with the scripture. It says Jesus made the disciples get in the boat, go to the other side. What he does to the crowd? He dismisses them. I looked up the word dismiss. I don't want to make nobody depressed. But Jesus gives you permission to go now. Alright? That's what he did to the crowd. He sent the disciples to go. On a, a, and he scared the people with the crowd. And I thought about crowd, and I thought about committed. I thought about crowd, and I thought about committed. That, that there's disciples that are fully devoted to Jesus Christ. They're not perfect. They're not perfect by far. They got issues. They Sometimes they walk funny. They look different. But he, his disciples, he sends them in the boat to go to the other side. And the crowd, he dismisses. And it got me thinking many times how Jesus separates the crowd from the committed. Bible, and John, where he says, if you don't eat from my and drink of my blood, you cannot be my disciple. And, and that teaching was, it was too much. It was too much. For, like, what do you mean, eat from your flesh? This guy is bugging out. And, the, and many left him at that moment. The teaching was too rough for them. And, and sometimes the crowd loves the milk. The crowd loves, oh, you're going to heaven if you believe in Jesus. Oh, he's going to make a way when there's no way. Oh, he has promised that if you put the kingdom of God first, all these things. And the, the crowd loves the good part of the gospel, but, but only the committed embrace the cross. Right? Uh, do you understand what I'm saying to you? The, the crowd likes the promises. The crowd likes healing. The crowd likes blessing. The crowd likes goosebumps. But the committed, the disciples... They embrace the cross. They understand what it is. And, and, and I've said this many times. The milk of the gospel, right, which is very powerful, which almost I should not say milk, but it's, let me explain it to you. The milk of the gospel, if you don't know Jesus Christ here today, is that he died on the cross for you. That you are filthy, a filthy, dirty sinner. You know you are. Oh, you got to be mad at me because I'm saying it. It's okay. They call you worse in the street. All right? 
you, you're a filthy, dirty sinner. You know where you come from. You know what you've done. You know the things that you would never tell nobody. And, and you know all the t- abortions, drugs, alcohol, sexual morality, all these beautiful things. But check it out. The, the milk is that he died on the cross for your sins. He washes those away. He loves you. He embraces you. Isn't that pretty cool? That's wonderful. Now let me talk to you about the committed. The committed, he wants you to pick up your cross and follow him. Deny yourself and follow him. So, so I, I, I couldn't just walk away. I wanted to go immediately into verse 23, but, but it makes a little distinction here. He made the disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him, and he dismisses the crowd. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get dismissed. I, I, I don't know about you. I, I want to get in the boat. I want, I, I want to go on this road. I want to go in this faith. I want to be a spectator. I want to be a participator. I don't want to hear testimonies of what God is doing to everybody. I want God to do something in my life. I don't want God to just heal your body. I want God to heal my body. I want God not to just touch your mouth. Are you with me? So, so there's a distinction that he's making in verse 22. And I don't want, I hope I'm not delving too deep that I'm digging the waters. But he sends the disciples on the boat to the other side and he dismisses the crowd. Are you with me? So make a decision today that you won't be part of the crowd. You know, that you ever, you ever has a crowd member around you? Where, when the going is good, they're there, but when the going gets bad, they're gone? Right? We call them good weather friends. Right? I got good weather family. Hallelujah. Alright? So, but, but you ever have, and so we need Christians that are devoted to Jesus Christ, that trust Jesus Christ, that are following Jesus Christ, that came not to hear Pastor Raymond or Pastor Adam or Pastor Gus or John Fisherman, but to came to hear the name Jesus, the Word of God, who came from marching orders, who want to be molded and shaped to Christ's likeness. Are you with me? Alright, praise the Lord. I got a couple of minutes left. So, verse 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on my side by himself to pray. Right? Now, this is important. Later that night there, he was alone. A couple of things. We need to be able to have prayer meetings where we get together and I encourage you. And I'm like bored and Edward's on fire. His fire ignites me on fire. And then, and then he dies down and then I get on fire. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, glory to God. I cast out devil, we evict you. We give you an eviction note, you know, and you get, and he gets, yeah, devil, I come against you in the name of, we were a punk and a coward. You got it's good to have the separate prayer meetings. It's good. We need those. Right? When I'm fun, y'all know if Wally's here, you see why I was, I was talking about Wally. Whoever taught Wally how to pray didn't teach him two ways. Right? They only taught him one way. And he prays like this. I'm gonna come against you right now! And he prays that God has hearing aids. Right? No matter where he's at. And so, so that's important to have those prayer meetings, right? But it's important to get with God alone. It's important to, to, to learn how to get with God alone, to train yourself, to get with God, and, and maybe say things that you can't say when you're praying with other people. Maybe say, God, I'm struggling here. God, you know me. God, I need help here. God, touch me in this area. God, I'm struggling. My heart with God. Practice getting with God alone. That's one thing. The second thing to know that's really important is, and so we'll get into it, the disciples are in, are in the water, Right? And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land and bubbled by the waves because the wind was against it. So the, he's praying and the disciples are, are in a storm. Alright? Jesus is praying. His disciples are in a storm. I got to imagine, or the Bible clearly tells me, that Jesus stands at the right hand of the Father interceding for me. Alright? So what, what, I, what I put together here is that they're in the storm and Jesus is on the mountainside. Maybe he can see them. Maybe he can't see them. He's 100% man, 100% God. Maybe he knows what's going on. 
Right? You work that out for yourself, Pastor. I didn't talk to you or Pastor Gus. But I got to imagine that he sent them into the storm knowing they were going to be buffeted by waves, that the wind was going to be strong, they're going to be under attack, and he's praying for them. That, that's, listen, I don't know about you, but I feel much tougher when Edwin was around when I was in school. Right? I'm not even the whole FOT story, but there was a time where we had some problems going down, and I had, I had, I had problems with a group of guys. I wasn't even a graffiti artist, but I got myself in graffiti problems. Right? That's, you gotta be a real troublemaker to get yourself in trouble with things you don't involve in. Alright? And so these, there was like 50 guys out there. I'm looking out the window and all, but Edwin was coming. I said, at least I, will, I won't get beat up alone. Alright? So, so, you know, I, we was young kids, teenagers at the time, but my point was that when I seen him coming, I got, you know, I came out to school, well, I, said, I got a little bit brave, like, yeah, what's up? What's up? And, and so, so, you, you understand what it's like, you ever feel like when you're, son, when you're around your big brother or your big sister or are you, when you're on your block, you feel, listen, imagine Jesus is in the, in, when you're in your living room, he's in your bedroom praying for you. Imagine, imagine when you're in your storm, when you're going through trials, that, that, that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who could calm the storm at a moment's notice, at the word of God, the storm comes. Imagine he's praying for you, because he is. He's He's interceding for you. And so they're in the storm, he's praying for them, and then of course the next verse, 25, right? Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking. Now, shortly before dawn, between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning. Alright? And so it's, 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 it's the darkest. It's, it's, it's dark. You ever been in a circumstance a little bit too longer than you wish you would be in? You ever been in a situation that you think God should have handled? There's a, there's a beautiful song, I'll praise you in the storm. And even though I'm crying, I'll say amen. And I'm still... So, beautiful song, right? And so, even... Check it out. So, they're in the darkest hour. Sometimes you might be in your darkest hour. Sometimes you might be struggling. You might be going through something you don't want to... And, and, and when I say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. See, he sent them into the storm so their faith, their faith can grow. All right? They, that's why he sent, you know, storms come so that we can grow. Simple. And I taught many, a couple of months ago, there's two types of storms. This storm is a storm of perfection. All right? This storm, they didn't do nothing disobedient. They're actually being obedient to God. And it's a storm of perfection. So he's using this storm to grow them, to, to mature them, to mold them, to shape them. There's some things that you're not gonna, you're not gonna get by a sermon. There's some things that, that you're gonna, you're gonna comprehend a little bit in a glimpse by somebody preaching or you reading it. The Holy Spirit will give you revelation, illumination, whatever semantic you choose. But you're really gonna get it when you're in a storm. That, that it's gonna lodge itself in your heart. It's going to explode. It's going to be able to come out and you're going to be able to practice it when you're going through a storm. Storms come to make you strong. So this is a storm of perfection. Now there's another storm that we bring upon ourselves. You know, remember Jonah? His storm was a storm of correction. Jonah, Jonah made a decision to make what I call a weird left turn. Right? God said, go over here. He said, I don't think so. I'll be back in five minutes. You know, I'll talk to you later. Well, for, he said, well, for me, for me, I don't agree. You know, he has his own. And so he ends up in a storm of correction. So there's two types of storm. There's a storm of correction and there's a storm of perfection. This is a storm of perfection. All right. So whenever I'm in a storm, I just ask myself, is this me? 
Like, am I here because, you know, I did this? Did I make it? What I, you know, and I know me. I, I, I did things, and when I find myself in a situation, I, I know exactly why I'm here. I know exactly why. Oh, this is a storm of correction. And God, thank God, John first, first John 1, 9, I get the right to make a U-turn and come back. So, so this is a storm of perfection. Now, it's, here's something that's important. You ever struggle with faith? Anybody here struggle with faith? Like, I was talking yesterday on trust in a 12-step speaker jam, and I was trying to explain them in their language that in order to grow in faith, God has to allow us to go through circumstances that require more faith than we already have. This 40-day journey that Pastor just went through, he, he grew by leaps and bounds. You know, he, he experienced God. For him to come and preach on a Sunday, he needed the grace and the power of God. For him to answer the phone to, some, to speak to some of us, that power that he needed the grace and the power of God to. So, you know, to him to come speak at Richie's anniversary, he needed the grace and the power. So, so what happens is this. You ever been in a situation where you need more? And here's what good people, nice people tell you. They probably just believe more, believe better. Just grow in faith. Just come on, increase your faith. And, and, and I've been studying it. I've been thinking about this stuff. And, and the thing is, you just can't grow in faith like that. You just can't make a decision, I'm just going to go in faith, or I'm going to believe more, I'm going to, no, no, you know what happens? Instead of believing more or trusting God more, the trick is to get, God, get to know God better. That's the trick. When, when, when you get to know God better, when, what, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. When you read the word of God, who are you learning? Who are you learning about? God. What he's done, the miracles, the power, his plan, his purpose, wisdom. So when you get to know God more, guess what you're going to do? You're going to trust him more. He did for Paul, and what he did for David, what he did for Gideon, what he did yesterday, he could do today. You get to trust him and say, God, you did it for Paul. If Paul can, if Peter can do it, if Moses can do it, if Abraham can do it, then I can do it too. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if Peter can walk above the storm that he was going through, so can David. And if Peter can walk above the storm and the things that he was dealing with, so can And if Peter can walk on water and do the miraculous, he had to step, so can you. But you got to know God. See, the whole story is about who called them. It was Jesus. I don't know where he gets this question from. I think about, this is a question like, like Nehemiah. Like, I don't know why he asked this question. Right, Nehemiah's whole life has changed. The question he asked his brother. Right? How, how is Jerusalem doing? How is, how is the gates? What's going on over there? How are those in exile doing? His whole life is, he, he gets this question, right? You can, give me, give me the, the next verse, Liz. Right? He says this, right? Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come. Where do you get those, where did that thinking come from? Like, I don't know, I don't know. I, when I say the Bible, I like to be practical and realistic. And I, if I see Jesus walking on water, because there's a whole part I, I, I'm not talking about here. But if I see Jesus walking on water, I don't think my first thought is, let me, uh, let me come to you on water. My first thing is, come on! Like, like like, we just went through, the, the, I don't know if you know this, but this is the second storm that they go through, the second test of storm. The first storm, Jesus is in the boat. Right? So, so Jesus now is saying this, I was with you during the first storm. Right? And we, now I want you to trust me when I'm not there. And, and we got it better than they do, because Jesus told us, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Right? So, so Jesus got, he's, now he's coming, and then you know, they go the whole thing, and I don't got time for it, but people weird me out. 
I, people come up with the craziest demonic from hell ideas and they embrace them like they're the Bible. And then God speaks to other people. God is clearly God and they rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Right? And, and right before Jesus, Peter says, listen, if it's you, they're scared of God coming to them. Right? In the storm, there's going to be fear. People don't, listen, it's about, the, it's about I don't know if it's good to embrace the fear, but you've got to process the fear. You gotta feel afraid. When, when God calls you, that's why God has this terrible habit of calling His people to do something ridiculous. 40 day fast. Why, why, why not superfood in the water? Why not juicing? Why, why not una, una, un mango? One mango a dia. Huh? I'm just like, you know, why, why not, you know, why, why not? Well, God is in the business of calling people to do things they would never be able to do unless they trust Him. And, and, and it's this weird thing that He's, God has left everything up to those who have faith. So those who don't have faith will not experience God to the fullest, will not experience God's power, nor God's blessing, and those who have faith will experience it all. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews that it is impossible to please God without faith. It's easy to stay in your spiritual comfort zone. It's easy to stay in your spiritual comfort zone, right? But God, so God calls us. So he says, listen, if it's you, tell me to come on the water. Now, I don't know. Like, I, again, I, I, I'm trying to process this. Where would that thought come from, right? Where would that? It's got to come from God. It's got to come. It's got to come. Was something crazy like that? And now, let me just tell you something. Water walkers, right? I, I ain't got time for all the water walker stuff today. But water walkers, they definitely know how to discern foolishness from faith. Which is what Pastor Edwin tried to describe. If you're new, we're not going to ask you to fast for 40 days. You know, or if you fast, you know, that's something God got to call you to do. All right? I, I think one, one of the main things, I'll probably talk about it next week. But one of the main things that happens here is that everybody remembers Peter sinking in the water. Right? Peter walks on water and then he sinks. Most people are. He, he played himself. He's doing so good. You know who, what real failure is? The other 11 that never got to walk on water. That's real failure to me. I, I thought about it. I started a church in Baltimore. It is the biggest ministry scar I have in church planting. Right? I saw the church in Baltimore. It didn't go very well at all. It went terrible, in fact. Yeah. I got some experiences. I got to trust God. I got some stuff out of that that other people who did not step out in faith, they don't have it. I got scars. Sometimes you got to pay a price. Right? Sometimes. And not only you, he says, so anyway, let's get back in so I can finish this. So now, Jesus says, come. Right? He says, if it's you, Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. What happens next? Right? 29. Jesus says, it's coming. <laughs> he says, come. He said. Right? He says, Jesus says, come. Now, before you read the next part of it, it's important. Can God be trusted? Like, 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 it's important. Like, you got to get this whole thing. Like, I don't know what your story is, but my story is, I should probably be dead. Me. I should probably not be able to preach the gospel. I should be, have more scars. I should be in prison. I have one of those. I don't grow up in church. I don't come from church. I come from an addicted back. I have drug addict story. Jail, C-74. All that. I come from that. And God has made a way. And God has blessed me. And I got an extraordinary story. 
You know, my whole family, drug addicts, they're, you know, just, it's just too much. I got an extraordinary story. I, I, because of Jesus Christ in my life, I beat the odds. Because Jesus Christ in my life, I'm not, I'm not bound to the statistics. Because Jesus Christ in my life, I was able to walk on water. I was able to walk above my problems. Right? So, so what happens is this. He says, come. One. Everybody's called. See, there's this thing where Peter was the only person to walk on water, but everyone's invited to. Everybody's invited to. Today, again, Pastor said, Jesus said, you will do greater things than these. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have God's Word. And Jesus is calling people. Now, when I say get out the boat, again, what does that mean? Let me, let me give you some quick action steps before I get... That might be... These, there's a couple of people in this, in this thing, this pool. This, this is a baptism, if you don't know what this is. Okay, this is a, a baptism. This is a recovery. That's what's a baptism. These people, they're, they're getting out the boat. See, when you get out the boat, what it starts with... I didn't, I didn't watch Indiana Jones. I wasn't, it was, I wasn't interested in Indiana Jones. But, but I know there's three tests that have to do with God. And the one test is there's this big, long cave to get to the last thing. And the, heat, and the thing says you got to jump on the cliff and you got to take. And I wasn't an Indiana Jones guy. But he said there's no way that you can do this. There's no way. And, and there's no way you can get to the other side. But he loved his father. He wanted to save his father. He wanted to do his thing. He took a step trusting that somehow, way, he wouldn't fall. He took that first step. And of course, you know, I don't know, I didn't see the movie, but what I've read is he makes it across something, keeps him, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and he makes it. Good movie, right? Alright. In Peter's case, he had to trust the person who said, come. He's trustworthy. He's proven himself. I, I, I said yesterday, I said it today, because of all the stuff that I have seen in my life and other people's lives, in the Bible, what I've seen, I can trust God for what I don't see. Because all that I've seen, I can trust God for what I don't see. Amen? And so, so he steps out and, and then, you know, he walks on water. He takes the first step and he walks on water. Now, what's walking on water look like for you? Alright? Does it mean that it's your turn to get by? That you need to be on the next baptism list? That you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and yet your family was a good family, and they baptized you as a child, and they sprinkled that. I'm grateful that they did that, but it's time for you as an adult to make an adult decision and get baptized. When you invite your friend and family to come see you, that you made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe the next step, maybe the next step for you to walk on water is that finally you become a member of a church. If this is not the church for you, praise the Lord. But you would go and find a church that you need to be a member of, and you would join that church, plant your flag, serve the Lord, all that good stuff. Now, I just want to say this. I, I'm, not, I'm not as humble as these other guys. If you were saved in this church, and this church reached you, and you were in some retreat, or you were in some meeting, or you, were, or you were on the food line, and this church is where God reached you, then plant your flag here. Plant your flag here. Then you belong here with us, and let's lock arms. This is a perfect dysfunctional family. We'll serve the Lord together. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. I know I got to go, so I, I'm going to get out the way. I know people got to get back. But I want to say this. Maybe you need to become a member of the church. Maybe you need to join the discipleship class. Maybe you need to, what, you know, get rid of something. I thought about the boat, and I, again, I don't got time for it. But I thought about, right, what's stopping you from getting out the boat? Buts. People got excuses. I know this is God. The Bible says this is but. Or I know, I, be, I believe you, Pastor, but. Or I know this is God's will, but. What are the excuses that are robbing you from staying in mediocrity? What are the excuses, the buts, the, the O's, I thought for obstacles. There's, there's legitimate obstacles. 
The stuff that the, the stuff that we, that, that we believe, the stuff that we lie, and you got to overcome obstacles. The A is for what associations are keeping you in the boat, right? You can't love the world and love God. What associations keep you? In the boat? And then the T is again the what theology? What, what what do you believe that's twisted, that's keeping you in the boat? Are you doubting God? Are you not trusting God? So that's just for free, the boat thing. I'm not going to be able to get with it today. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what else though. I broke, I broke down the word come New Year's Eve a couple of years ago. Right? I said to come to Jesus means commit yourself to the person of Jesus Christ. Alright? Obey God's will as He un- un- reveals it to you. Right? Meditate on the scriptures. Meditate on the scriptures and endure to the end. Or to the end. Make it the- and, and listen, you're not going to do it in your own power. Right? We, I can't do it. I'm not here as a pastor in my own power. It was, if that's to my devices, I'll be back in the world. I would have been a, a failure to hear today, God. But in the power of God, me and you are able to walk on water. In the power of God, me and you are able to walk on the problems that keep us sick. Me and you are able to walk above the things that are trying to hinder us and, and rob us from glorifying God. As the worship team comes up, amen, I want to do one song and we're going to baptize the people, amen. So listen. You're going to experience failure sometimes when you step out on God's will. Alright? They're going to sing one song. It'll be a time of prayer allowing God to seal the word in your heart. The song is called Wrap Me in Your Arms. And then we're going to baptize. The people are going to get baptized. But listen to me. The pastor can help you walk on water. The church can help you walk on water. It's to focus on Jesus and Jesus alone. It's His power. It's His word. It's, it's, it's Him. It's all Jesus. Us fallible, messed up people. We're just here to point you to Jesus. That if you got a problem, Jesus is the answer. You need to get rid of all the distractions, whatever's calling your way, whatever passion of the heart might be robbing you. You got to focus on Jesus. We are people that were not a people. People that were broken, lost, depressed, suicidal, drug addicts, lonely, insecure, neurotic. Jesus Christ changed our lives. Amen? Hallelujah.